What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, here we go, maniacs. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. This audio noise is brought to you by... Rabbit Wigs! Put that rabbit in a wig! Rabbit Wigs. It's the Sports Yak Podcast with Corey and Chuck Sports Jack is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Into the weekend, episode 77 of Sports Yak. Thanks for joining us. My name's Corey. His name's Chuck. Who do we have today? It is the Galloping Ghost episode. It's the Red Grange episode. Former Illinois star who really became the NFL's first star with the Chicago Bears and wound up performing in movies as well. Red Grange. But the galloping ghost. He's the one that he caught the ball. And then so elusive. Okay. Didn't they call you the galloping ghost? Uh, they Jim. called me the galloping gourmet. They confused me with Graham Kerr. <laughs> and by the way, there's a reference. Go Google that one, kids. Graham Kerr? Yes. <laughs> uh, March Madness has begun. Uh, how much basketball did you get to watch yesterday? Oh, my gosh. I watched one, two, three... Well, I was watching a bunch of games at once at one time. Actually, I didn't watch any last night during prime time. Well, you all have of a mine, life. All of mine was during the afternoon. Mine too. Uh, but boy, the afternoon games were really good to watch. Can I touch on a couple and you just kind of dissect a little bit for me? Yeah. Uh, Minnesota wins over Louisville. Boy, uh, Minnesota, not known as a three-point shooting team, just reined them in yesterday against the Cardinals. And Ricky Patino, you could tell young Richard Patino was enjoying sticking it to dad's former employer <laughs> at the University of Louisville. The other beautiful thing about this game is Bill Murray's son is an assistant coach at Louisville. And once again, Bill Murray is done in by the Gophers. The Minnesota band should have been playing I'm All Right at the end of that instead of the Minnesota Rouser. 
Uh, LSU and Yale. I watched a little bit of this game. LSU is a team, a lot of people thought that they were kind of going to be in jeopardy in this because their whole coaching situation, their coach Will Wade is being investigated by the NCAA, and so LSU has suspended him, and they have an interim coach, and people thought uh, that would create problems for the Tigers, and it may well down the road, but there's enough of a talent disparity between LSU and Yale on the basketball floor that the Tigers were able to prevail in that one, although the uh, the Elis, the Bulldogs, gave them a good game in the end. Auburn has a nail-biter against New Mexico State, 78-77. Boy, you can make a case that the Aggies really should have won this game. Auburn with just a a really foolish foul at the end of the game. They fouled New Mexico State. Kid was going to the line for three free throws that would have given the Aggies the lead had he hit all three. He only makes one. The offensive rebound tipped out of bounds, and then New Mexico State's three-point shot from the corner looked like it was just thrown up by the lady from the discount tire commercials, and she just heaved it up there, and it wasn't anywhere close, and Auburn gets out of there with a win. Of course, the the fun thing about watching an Auburn game in the NCAA tournament is seeing the in-studio reactions of Charles Barkley as he's watching his alma mater. But uh, the Tigers move on. They did not look impressive, but they indeed move on. One of your final four picks over Vermont, Florida State. Oh, I was sweating this one because <laughs> the Catamounts looked pretty good early on. But Florida State, their length and their talent winds up prevailing, and now they face John Morant and this Murray State juggernaut that embarrassed Marquette last night. And boy, oh boy, is John Morant a player. 17 points, 16 assists, and 11 rebounds. First triple-double in the NCAA tournament since... No idea. 2012. Other players who've had the NCAA triple-double include Dwayne Wade, who tweeted at John Morant last night because John Morant knocked Dwayne Wade's alma mater, Marquette, out of the tournament. By the way, Dwayne Wade has a new commercial with his wife, Gabrielle Union, a new Gatorade yeah. commercial. She's really hard to look at. Yeah, right. My favorite game yesterday will be Michigan State and Bradley. Why is that? Did you see the movie, the science fiction movie Scanners back in the 80s? I did not. There was a scene in that movie where a head exploded on television. <laughs> And I thought I was about to see that when Izzo got a hold of his freshman player and made a fist and kind of lunged at him. And my wife said, what's going on there? I said, he said, we're letting Bradley beat us in the first round. I can read lips. When you're a freshman now at this time of year, you don't make mental mistakes on things that when we're telling a guy which way he goes or not running back or. You know, there were some things Aaron didn't do a very good job of. And then, and yet, you know what? Like I like happened, I did get after him, and he did respond, and he did make a couple of big buckets, and he did make some big free throws. But that's not good enough. This is one and done time, you know? The my bads are out the window. If they're my bads because that team played better or that guy played better, if it's my bad because I decided to jog back instead of sprint back, then it is your bad, and you're going to hear about it. Yeah, Tom Izzo was not happy with the player of, the former Ben Davis star Aaron Henry Woo! yesterday and let him know about it. And, you know, there's a segment of the population that believes that he went too far. I believe most people who have played basketball would say, mm, no, raise, we've, all he we've did was heard raise this his before. Voice. He didn't touch him. Oh, he clenched his fist and he made it look like he was going to go after him. And 
Cassius Winston had to get in between them. No, what Cassius Winston said after the game was, Coach Allen Adam wasn't doing any good, so I asked Coach what he wanted me to convey to him, and I went and conveyed it to him. Yeah. Michigan State beats Bradley 76-65. So it's Michigan State and Minnesota tomorrow, a Big Ten matchup in the round of 32. Usually you don't get two conference teams playing each other until at least the Sweet 16, but it'll happen tomorrow in Iowa. Almost Belmont with Maryland. Almost. Heck of a game. Very entertaining game, but the Terrapins prevail in that one and take on take out Belmont and so Maryland which is a six seed uh, moves on to face LSU that'll be kind of an interesting game I've got LSU winning it in my bracket but I'm not really sold I'm not sold on anybody on that half of the bracket I really think Michigan State should be able to get into the elite eight I don't not impressed with any of those other teams that are still alive, but boy, Minnesota played really well yesterday. They've been kind of a hot team down the stretch. Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga. No problems for any of those, Ugh. nor nor were any expected for any of those. Wofford gets the win over Seton Hall yesterday. Good for the Terriers, their first NCAA tournament win ever, but now they have to play Kentucky, and that's kind of a different animal. Uh, Michigan beats Montana. And Purdue gets the win over Old Dominion. We haven't talked about the Boilermakers yet, but they uh, played pretty good defense last night and beat Old Dominion 61-45. Now Purdue has to take on the defending national champion Villanova Wildcats in the round of 32. It's a really tough draw for a three-seed like the Boilermakers. And we'll see if they can handle Jay Wright's Wildcats. My bracket says no, but we'll find out 840 Saturday night. On 103.1 FM. We're about 90-plus minutes away from day two kicking off. Any one uh, particular game that you're looking forward to today? Well, the 8-9 matchups are always uh, somewhat interesting. But, you know, there's, I think Cincinnati-Iowa could be an interesting game. Cincinnati is 7th seed, and I've got them going quite a ways because of the, the home court advantage that uh, they'll get Iowa State, Ohio State. Can the Big Ten, the Big Ten went 5-0 and yesterday. Can the Big Ten continue the kind of dominating play that they've had? Uh, you take a look also today at uh, Virginia Tech and St. Louis. I've got a soft spot for the Billikens because some of my money has gone there, and I wonder if them there Billikens can surprise Buzz Williams and the Hokies. When you get Billikens and Hokies together, my goodness, Billikens, Hokies. Who doesn't want to see that matchup? <laughs> Say it to yourself, Billikens, Hokies. Uh, Duke plays tonight at 7 o'clock, and then right after that, Speaking North Carolina. Speaking of Duke, I, I do have to give credit uh, to somebody in the Freebie Family Madness bracket, okay. and I believe this is my oldest son. You know, you get some interesting names in some of these bracket okay. m- contests. My daughter-in-law, Rachel, Went with the Make a Swish Foundation. The Make a Swish Foundation. Very creative. I believe my oldest son, Peter, though, may have taught that. He went with, because of Duke's star player, Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. he went Palestinians for Zion. 
<laughs> What's yours, just out of curiosity? Braymania. Braymania. All right. Oh, I think we've covered everything there. Women's basketball will kick in tomorrow morning as we record this. Yes, Bethune-Cookman is the opposition for the Irish. Shouldn't be much of a problem for Muffet McGraw's team. They should steamroll into the second round. They'll play either Central Michigan or Michigan State. I pressed Bob Nagel for a pick in that game yesterday on Facebook, and he went with the Spartans, so I will too. Susie Merchant, longtime coach there at Michigan State, and I just think Michigan State plays a little tougher schedule than Central Michigan does. I can neither confirm nor deny that I watched the 10-minute painting of the green nails with the Notre Dame women's basketball team documentary on Facebook earlier this morning. Well, if you <laughs> if you say that it went 10 minutes, then you must be confirming. <laughs> Neither confirm nor deny. No, I, I think you can <laughs> confirm. Man, what a team back then, though. Uh, Beth Cunningham, Molly Wyrick, was that her name? Yes. Uh, a very young, good three-point shooter who was on the national championship team. Uh, Sheila McMillan? Mc, uh, Alicia Retai? McMillan, I think. Sheila McMillan. And wasn't uh, Neil Ivey on that team? Yes, Yeah. I believe so. Oh, my goodness. They got a taste of the Final Four back then. Mm-hmm. Just a taste. Well, they're... There are a few banners that have been hung by the women's basketball program at Purcell Pavilion. State finals are tomorrow at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. We'll see what kind of crowds they get. That seems to still be excitement in the air, even though we're in class basketball. It's, I, I will readily admit it is not the same as it was when it was a single class and you had the final four down there, and, and it was kind of a peak time for Indiana basketball with Damon Bailey and Sean Kemp and some of those teams. Uh, but you take a look tomorrow, Fort Wayne Blackhawk takes on Bar Reeve. That's at 10.30 in the morning on TV 46. That's the 1A championship. That's followed by an Andrean and Linton Stockton. Then they take a little break, come back at 6 o'clock at night. Culver Academy carries the banner for Michiana. Ethan Britton-Watts, Trey Galloway, Deontay Craig and company Go down, take on a Silver Creek team that loves to shoot the three-pointer, second-highest scoring team in the state of Indiana. Zane Gross is kind of a sharpshooter. They've got a, a a pretty good 6'6 sophomore. Can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Uh, I believe his first name is Cooper. But uh, Culver Academy and Silver Creek will do battle. That's in the 3A title game at 6. And then Carmel and Ben Davis for the 4A championship at 8.15. Corey, I take a look at those games. I think it could be a sweep for the Northern teams. I like Blackhawk, I like Andran, I like Culver Academy, and you have to remember Carmel is the Northern representative. They are just slightly north of Indianapolis, and so uh, we'll take the Greyhounds in that one. NBA last night? Pacers had a terrible, terrible West Coast road trip, and they closed it out in terrible, terrible style. Losing to Golden State 112-89. This is a team that just needs to limp back to Indianapolis, lick its wounds, and try to get ready for the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'll tell you, a team that's making a charge in the Eastern Conference right now is the Detroit Pistons. They are now 37-34 and for the year. What a job by Dwayne Casey to get that franchise over 500. Remember, Coach Casey was the coach of the year in the NBA last year at Toronto. And Toronto fired him because he lost in the playoffs to Cleveland. <laughs> so he goes to Detroit, and he'll take the Pistons into the playoffs, and, and we'll see if Detroit can surprise anybody in the first round. Right now, I believe they'd be a number six seed 
if the playoffs were to start today. Blackhawk news. Ugh. Lost <laughs> last night 3-1 to Philadelphia. The Hawks needed wins this week against Vancouver and Philadelphia to keep their playoff hopes alive. They lost to both of them. I, I don't see any way Chicago is able to make the postseason, so this will be yet another year where... The Blackhawks are walking, watching from the sidelines. Boy, it doesn't seem that long ago that we were watching them hoist Stanley Cups, and now they can't even make the playoffs. If this were 2018, you'd be probably bundled up in your best North Face or Notre Dame winter jacket calling some baseball over there at uh, uh, the Frank uh, X campus. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, not so much, but they I, are playing tonight. I don't, miss, I don't miss it on nights like this. No. It's going to be... 38 degrees and the wind out of the north at 24 miles an hour at game time. No thank you. Uh, but the 19th-ranked Florida State Seminoles roll into town to take on the Fighting Irish. Tommy Sheehan will be on the mound tonight. Sheehan threw a complete game against Clemson his last time out last Friday. Notre Dame has had a surprising start in the ACC. They're 4-2, and two, but now uh, they're facing one of the perennial powers. Mike Martin, the only coach to have won 2,000 games in college baseball, brings the Seminoles in here. Last time Florida State came to town, they swept the Irish. We'll see what happens. believe the first pitch tonight is a 6.05 over at Frank X Stadium. Then they play Saturday and Sunday as well. Irish softball will be at home this weekend. Irish hockey at home this weekend. They play for the Big Ten title tomorrow, Corey, against the Nittany Lions of Penn State, Jeff Jackson's team. Well, both of these teams, I don't think either one of these teams gets into the NCAA tournament without winning the game tomorrow night. So it's a must game. It's a sellout crowd expected at the Compton Family Ice Arena. Great day on campus tomorrow. You've got Notre Dame women's basketball about 11 o'clock. You've got baseball and softball in the afternoon. you got hockey at night. Man, if you, if you got the money and the time, that wouldn't be a bad place to be tomorrow. I must be following uh, a ton of baseball-related Twitter feeds because aside from basketball yesterday, I was littered with Ichiro Suzuki's retirement announcement. Well, you have to remember that Ichiro Suzuki is the kind of player that really transcends a lot of areas of life. First of all, great international figure. Started his career over in Japan, had played about eight years, Well, probably more than that. I think he had over 2,000 hits in his Japanese baseball career when he came over to the United States and then put together a Hall of Fame career in the U.S. He broke a long-time single-season hits record held by uh, Sisler, who had 256 hits in one season. I believe Ichiro wound up with 262 one year. Who brought him over here? Uh, the Seattle Mariners. Okay. Seattle Mariners, and he played most of his career with the Mariners, who he closed it out with yesterday, closing it out in Tokyo. So that, you know, helped bring it full circle. Uh, Still has a cannon for an arm. Still gets down the line really, really well. There's just something in the swing these days that it the, the reaction time, I think, has slowed just enough where he's not getting around on the fastball like he used to. Uh, But a a Hall of Fame player, and here's a fun fact about Ichiro Suzuki, his appreciation for the history of the game. Do you realize that the single largest donor to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, Missouri, is Ichiro Suzuki? Really? He has given them the largest financial donation that anybody has given them. Hmm. And then 
to me, that speaks volumes of his appreciation of the history of the game. So yesterday, while we're on the air doing the morning show, uh, Chuck's phone starts to light up, and why don't you kind of walk us through that timeline? Well, I had started receiving texts about this on, let's see, today's Friday. I started receiving them on Wednesday, and somebody asked me, what's up with the Bethel basketball program? And so I put out some feelers on Thursday morning, and I started to get replies back. And basically, here here are the facts of the story. Ryan Lightfoot is no longer the coach at Bethel College, and he is going on to pursue other opportunities. That is something that all parties seem to agree on. Bethel has been very tight-lipped, calling it a personnel decision. Ryan has been very tight-lipped, or at least has not offered public comment yet. There are all kinds of, quite frankly, ugly rumors and innuendo that I'm not going to get into on here because I don't want to forward them. Let me just say this. I've known the Lightfoot family a long, long time, and they've always been straight up with me in their dealings. And I have no reason to believe it's any different than the story that they're telling me right now. With due respect to all the people at Bethel College and to the Lightfoot family, I'm just going to leave it at the fact that Ryan Lightfoot is no longer the coach at Bethel College after two years, two fairly successful years, certainly not national championship years, but they made the NAIA national tournament both years, made quick exits in the tournament. But he had a really good recruiting class coming in and one that he was fired up about having. Mm-hmm. So knowing that makes me think, while this may be a mutual decision to part ways, I don't think it's because Ryan had planned to part ways. Tried to wrap my mind around this yesterday. There's going to be a Grace Bethel game next year without either a Kessler or a Lightfoot on the sidelines. Wow. And I can't think of the last time that that happened. It's going to be a rock and roll weekend. An 8 o'clock when the show begins. Get on the phone, call up all your friends. Tell them it's going to be a rock and roll. What do you got for the weekend, my man? I have uh, the Corpus Christi Fish Fries tonight. Uh, myself and my bride are helping out at that. What role will you be playing? I have no idea. I'm I'm a volunteer. I show up. They tell me what I'm supposed to do. I hope it has nothing to do with the actual preparation of the fish. That's for the good of all. <laughs> uh, and then tomorrow night, uh, the high school where my kids go have a little uh, dinner auction type thing and, and we'll attend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we we will attend. What what else is on your weekend plan? Imagine, if you will, Chuck, uh, a handful of cardboard boxes about three to four feet long. Okay. And I will be watching some sort of basketball tonight as I finger through those boxes looking for very specific comic book issues of some of my favorite artists who will be in Chicago tomorrow for what's called C2E2. And what does that stand for? Great question. I've looked it up. I forget. But it's a Comic-Con at McCormick Place. Okay. So my son and I, this is our thing. Do you drive or do you take the train? This will be our second year of taking the train. 
We'll okay. be on the train at 9.01, and we'll be home at 7 p.m. for $42. You know, it's it's one of those days of uh, there's a, a good number of times of standing in line. So I try to keep my conversations with him this week short, so we'll be talking a lot you tomorrow. Have plenty to talk about tomorrow. We get yeah. caught up, and then uh, we just look for stuff like, uh, you know, is there anything particular you want to look for? And I've got a few, like, back issues from when I grew up that I kind of keep my eye out for that I'm not going to spend a arm and a leg. You know, I've been saving up for a handful of months, so I've got some cash to spend. Who are you most excited about seeing? Paul Rudd. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that earlier this week. Yeah. Caleb and I are meeting Ant-Man tomorrow at 3.30. As a people watch experience, I would imagine this ranks right up there. Woo! Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize Ric Flair showed up. <laughs> By the Woo! way, happy birthday to Bob Costas today. He's 67 years old. You told a great Bob Costas story. As you were interviewing him, you, you wrapped it up with a wrestling question. Well, That's yes. my favorite one. I, uh... Back in, I want to say this is 87 or 88, I was still working at the Elkhart Truth. Bob Costas was in town for some sort of fundraiser that was held out at South Bend Country Club. He had recently been named as the host of NBC's NFL pregame show. So I went out to do a story on him, and I was a fan. I I knew of Bob Costas, and I thought he was, I thought he was, Terrific. Mm-hmm. And and he's had a terrific career. I uh, I still like him on baseball. I think he's I think he as a studio host and, and I think one of the reasons NBC um dismissed him or mutually agreed to part ways with him is he was becoming a little too political in his tendencies. Be that as it may, uh back in the late eighties I was more than happy to see him. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was a big wrestling fan, so I wrapped up the interview by asking him for a comment on uh, the WWE heavyweight title match that night. And I forget who the participants were. It really doesn't matter because his answer was, I don't comment on any wrestling match that doesn't feature the managerial talents of one Mr. Fuji. The last time we talked about Bob Costas in great detail was when he did leave NBC. Yes, that weekend, because I know we talked about it on Sports Yak, I went and watched some Bob Costas, some Later with Bob Costas. Outstanding show. If you want to learn the art of interviewing, absolutely, go watch a couple of those episodes. That guy did his homework, listened to their responses, and would redirect, you know? And if you can find the Richard Lewis episodes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Some of the funniest episodes of television you'll ever want to see. At one point, there's one where they're showing outtakes of an episode that they didn't run because Richard was too funny and Bob was in the fetal position too often. (laughs) This is the Friday episode, and we do end on a very particular segment. It's the Chuck Freebie I was hoping we forgot about this. No, the art of interviewing, and I went, oh, wait a minute. It's Friday. Lesson number four. When you're doing an interview, actually ask a question. When you're doing an interview, actually ask a question. Dig a little deeper, please. Well, there are some people who do interviews by just making statements and expecting you to then expound upon their statement. The actual art of an interview is to ask questions, and as you mentioned, Corey, listen to the answer and see if you can get follow-ups. 
You go in, yes, probably with a plan of what you want to talk about. And I found it interesting the other day, you were talking about Willie Geist from the Today Show. Huge variety uh, magazine article giving him huge props, no notes, because he doesn't want you to feel like it's an interrogation, but a conversation. And that's what I, when I interview, especially student athletes, Mm -hmm. many of whom this may be the first time that they've ever been interviewed on television. First of all, I tell them you don't have to worry about looking at the camera. If you can look at me, you're doing better than my wife. And secondly, I tell them it's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. That's all we're having. I'm not putting you on the witness stand. I'm hopefully just asking you questions that reveal a little bit about the person that you are. Yeah. Who does it really well? Well, you mentioned Costas. I, I think he's a... A terrific interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Willie Geist. I I think he's an outstanding interviewer. I'd like to throw in Howard Stern, particularly about listening to the answer and then redirecting. Yes. he's he's the king at it. But it is it's a skill, and it's something that you have to do for a while in order to get better at. But you have to have a natural curiosity about yourself too. Yeah, you have to really want to. You have to care you in have that to moment. Care. Yeah. And and you do a little research, just like we talked about with broadcast. If you're going to interview somebody, you do a little research. There it is right there, Chuck Freebie's Sportscaster Camp. Oh, it's so great. It's so rich. That material's so rich. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, you can download the Sports Yak wherever you do your podcast duties. Hit the subscribe button. So you never, ever miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at SportsYak with two Ks. On Instagram at SportsYak with two Ks. I may have used the Tom Izzo Henry photo as a promotion for this week's episode. Why not? Closed fist. Do you know what Tom Izzo was saying to Aaron Henry at that point? I I know that you think that you know because you said you read I don't. Do you have the breaking news? Booga Luga! SportsYak. The podcast. A yak. You know what that is? It's like a water buffalo and a and a, like a ugly guy. This is Jimmy Shorts, and you've been listening to Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. Time to turn it off. Get on with your life. Get out of here. Until next time, sports fans. Sports yak. Is on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.